Rasulullah says, وَلَا تُؤْتُوا السُّفَهَاءَ أَمْوَالَكُمْ And do not give to the foolish your wealth. As-sufaha, plural of? Safih. Who is Safih? Someone who is foolish, someone who is weak-minded, and there could be different reasons behind that. One is that a person is of very young age. Right? For example, if there is a three-year-old, and you put a gold bangle on her, right? then uh, is she going to value it? No. She might be able to take it off and she might say, oh wow, and then she forgets it somewhere. This is who? A Safi, right? Because her age makes her weak-minded. It's not just the age that makes a person weak-minded, but also the level of their maturity and understanding. Because a person might be quite old, they could be in their 20s, they could be in their 30s, but they're still not mature enough. A person might be in their 20s, 30s, but they might not be mature enough. Like for example, a man may be even 35 years of age, but he's still not ready to be married. He doesn't have that seriousness, that sense of responsibility. Or a girl may be 30 years old, but she's not suitable for marriage, because if she gets married, she's going to sleep all day. And she's going to be up all night watching television. And the time that she's awake, she's going to be on the telephone or she's going to be on her Facebook. If she's asked to cook, she's going to say, what? I don't know how to cook. How come you never learned how to build houses and you expect me to cook? So is she ready for marriage? No, she's not. Okay, so Safi, a person could be Safi because of various reasons. Likewise, a person may be old. They may have some kind of understanding. They may be very good in math, in physics, but when it comes to dealing with people, when it comes to managing their money, when it comes to being responsible for their possessions, they are clueless. Where is your phone? I don't know. I think I left it at work. You know, what happened to the car? I think somebody bumped. What happened here? Oh, I don't know. Can you help me with this math problem? Yeah, yeah, of course. This is, this, is, this, is, this is They're very good at it. But when it comes to, you know, being smart, they don't have that sense. They lack it. So Allah says that do not give to the sufaha what? Amwalakum, your wealth. What is your wealth? Your wealth, it could be yours, and it could also be theirs, but you are responsible over it. This is why it's called your wealth. For example, an orphan, 10 years old kid, owns an orchard. If he's told this garden is yours, and you have the right to decide whatever you want to do with it, son. You know, it's yours, do whatever. A man comes to him and he says, You want these hundred dollars? Money. You know, you can buy lots of candy with it. You can buy this car with it. You can buy this toy with it. So why don't you take this money in here? Just put your, you know, name over here. You know how to write your name? Write it over here. And give me this garden. What are you going to do with it? So should you give them their property? To manage themselves? No. You should not. لا تؤتسفها أموالكم Why? Why should you not do that? Because wealth is something valuable. Money is not cheap. It's money. Okay? Money doesn't grow from trees. Alright? It's hard earned. And it's very important. Allah says, أَلَّتِي جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ قِيَامًا That money which Allah has made for you, قِيَامًا قِيَامًا قَامَ يَقُمُ قِيَامًا What does that mean? To stand. So it's a means of standing for you. Meaning money is that on which life stands on. Meaning life depends on 
money. If you don't have money, you can't live. If you don't have money, you can't eat, you can't dress yourself. You don't have a place to live. You can't get yourself an education. You can't even get a job if you don't have any money. Because how are you going to write your resume? How are you going to print it? How are you going to dress up for work? What address are you going to give? You can't. And we see that money is something that is very important to people with regards to their worldly matters as well as their religious matters. If you don't have money, can you eat properly, look after your health so that you can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. If you don't have money, can you pay for an Islamic education, an Islamic degree? You cannot. If you don't have money, can you go for hajj? Can you go for umrah? In the case where you're not able to fast, can you give the fidya? You can't do anything, right? So money, allati جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ قِيَامًا It is very important. So when it is important, value it and take care of it and don't give it to those who will waste it. Because when you will give it to them, they will waste it and at the end, they will be left with nothing and you will be left with nothing. Then how will you survive? But this does not mean that keep all the money to yourself and that Safi person may be hungry or they need money for their education or whatever, but you say, no, I cannot give you any money, you waste it, I buy you clothes, you rip them, I buy you toys and you destroy them, I buy you jewelry and you lose it, I buy you phone and you do this to it. Nothing for you. No. Allah says, وَرْزُقُوهُمْ fiha. Provide them of it. Meaning, fulfill their needs with it. Don't give the money in their hand, don't leave the property at their disposal, But you make the financial decisions for them and you fulfill their needs from their money or from the money that you own. Waksuhum. Waksuhum. From kiswa. Kaf, seen, wow. Clothe them. Whether it is their clothing or their shoes or their bedding, whatever. Waksuhum. Waqulu lahum qawlam ma'rufa. And say to them a decent word. Words of appropriate kindness. What is qawla ma'rufa? Ma'ruf, acceptable. Meaning, even though their stupidity may annoy you, still when you talk to them, talk to them decently. Because there could be some people who are very foolish in the sense that whenever they talk, whenever they discuss something, you know, for example, there could be, you know, sometimes like their kids We're like, you know, I'm gonna get this much money and I'm gonna go buy an iPod and I'm gonna go buy this case and then I'm gonna buy this plan and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna buy this video game and that video game and they're just, you know, building a, a huge castle on a castle. You know, they're daydreaming basically. And when they're talking about these things, you get so annoyed. They're like, what are you talking about? Quiet. Stop talking this nonsense. But Allah says, قُولُ لَهُمْ قَوْلَ مَعْرُوفًا Say to them appropriate words. And when they come and demand from you, why did you take my money? It belongs to me. And this is my right. And you have no right over it. Give it back to me. Then again, say to them appropriate words. Let me give you an example. It will be easier for you to understand. If there is a young girl, and it's Eid, she gets lots of money from her uncles and aunts, okay? And she's got $500 in her. For example, And then she is telling her friends or whatever, and her mom hears her, I got $500 in Eid. I'm going to go get a haircut from the salon that costs $100, right? And then I'm going to go buy those shoes, you know, the $60. And then I really, really want that bag. 
and I know it costs $300, but I'm going to go get it. Or she says, I'm going to go to Claire's and I'm going to buy all this jewelry. You know what I'm talking about, right? And I'm going to go to this store and I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy this. And the mom's like, what is she talking about? She needs extra math help. She's failing in her high school, her math. So we need the money, rather she needs the money to pay for her tuitions, to pay for extra classes. It costs $150 a month. You know, we should be using this money for something else. And she goes, and where that money is kept, she takes it. And the daughter is throwing a tantrum. Why did you take money? You thief! You this, you that! This belongs to me! It's not yours! So the mother is really annoyed, especially if the daughter is talking to her like that. What does Allah say? قُولُوا لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا Say to them appropriate words. Don't say to her, you're going to go buy waste all this money on junk? And you're going to buy those shoes? I just bought you shoes last week. What did you do with them? See, the strap is broken already. And I bought you that purse. Look at it. Look at it. It was so expensive. And look what you've done with this purse. And where's that necklace that I bought you? And where's that earrings that I got you? And where are those clothes? You don't even know how to do your laundry properly. Look what you stained the clothes and you ruined them. You put that sweater in the dryer. It's not supposed to go in the... And the whole list goes on and on and on. Allah says, قَوْلُ لَهُمْ قَوْلُ مَعْرُوفًا Just know that she doesn't have that sense. With age, she'll get better. But don't let her waste the money. Because that money can be used for something that's better. But it doesn't mean that once you have that money, you spend it on groceries. No, spend it on her. Because it is hers. Again, if a person is taking charge over someone whom he is guardian of, by the way, you can't just take anyone's money. You see that your sister is being foolish with her money, so you keep it and you're like, I'm not going to give it to you because you're not her guardian. Okay? You can only keep the money of the one who is under you, whom you are responsible for. So for example, your son, your daughter, your wife, all right? And where they are not wise with money, you don't let them make financial decisions. Because if you give them that authority, they're going to waste the money. So you will take those rights away from them, but you will not deprive them completely. Allah says, وَرْزُقُوهُمْ فِيهَا وَقْسُوهُمْ And clothe them, fulfill their needs, provide them. Okay? Like for example, if a husband feels that his wife wastes a lot of money, that every month he puts $500 in her account, and by the end, zero left. It happens with some people. Right? Zero left. And where did the money go? Oh, you know, I bought that dress, but I don't really like it, so I'm not going to wear it. Many women do this. I bought those shoes, and I'm going to wear them at that party. And when they're going for the party, wear those shoes. Oh, they're very uncomfortable. I decided not to wear them. So a woman goes on wasting money. Or she goes on buying so much groceries, and the food is just sitting in the refrigerator. By the end of the week, everything goes in the garbage. She's wasting money basically. Is it right that the husband is working 9 to 5, 5 days a week, and the money that he brings, she throws, she wastes like that? So in this case, if he takes away that right from her, okay, just so that she can become more responsible over time, then does he have the right to do that? Yes, he can. The question is that if a woman's husband makes very poor financial decisions, can she do the same? When Remember that a woman is not a guardian of her husband, where the husband is the guardian of his wife. Okay? But if a man is like that, he doesn't have that sense, 
And some men are like that. As soon as they'll get money, they'll go buy a new computer, they don't even need it. They'll go buy a new cell phone, they don't even need it. The house needs renovations. The paint is chipping off. The children need you know, extra classes. They need clothes. And there he is buying a phone here and buying a phone there. And he doesn't really need it. So in that case, she has to be more active. She has to be more aware. She has to participate more in the financial decisions. Okay? Like for example, if the husband says, okay, our house is fully paid off, I'm going to go get a mortgage so I can get $50,000 so I can put it in stocks. And he has no idea about how these stocks work. He goes, puts the house in mortgage, gets $50,000 and puts it in stocks. Next day he's lost all that money. So she should not agree with him in the sense that she should not go and sign those papers. She should not cooperate with him. All right? That if he says, okay, sign over here, let's go to the lawyer, do this. She should not cooperate with him because she knows that he is wasting money. Alright? But since he is the guardian over her, she cannot say that I'm taking all the money from you. Because if she does, what is it going to lead to? That's another story completely. But if she does take the money, what is that going to lead to? Hmm? Aggression, right? The husband's going to get really mad. My money, you dare take it away from me? You dare take it away from me? Because men are physically stronger. Okay? Sometimes they are logical, mashallah. But they have their weaknesses as well. Right? A woman on the other hand, you know, she'll remain quiet. She'll wait for some time. But a man, he cannot get over it. Typically. Not every man, but typically this is what you see. So anyway... Allah says, do not waste that money. That money is important. It is valuable. So don't let people waste it. If somebody is wasting it, take charge. But don't deprive them completely. Give them something. Give them what they need. And when you get annoyed, speak to them good things. We we'll listen to the recitation of these ayat and we'll move on. وَآتُ النِّسَاءَ صَدُقَاتِهِنَّ فَإِن طِبْنَ لَكُمْ عَنْ شَيْءٍ مِّنْهُ نَفْسًا فَكُلُوهُ هَنِيئًا مَرِيئًا وَلَا تُؤْتُوا السُّفَهَاءَ أَمْوَالَكُمُ الَّتِي جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ قِيَامًا وَارْزُقُوهُمْ فِيهَا وَارْزُقُوهُمْ فِيهَا وَاكْسُوهُمْ وَقُولُوا لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا وَابْتَلُوا الْيَتَامَ And test the orphans. ابْتَلُوا from ابْتِلَاء بَالَامْ وَاو Which is, ابْتِلَاء is to test and examine someone by exposing them to different situations. Okay, by exposing them to different situations. So for example, you want to test how good your pan is. Okay, so you put it on the stove, you put it in the oven, I mean, you use it there, you put it in the dishwasher, you wash it by hand, different things. And then you're like, yeah, this is a good pan. Right? So, ibtila, exposing to different situations. Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذِ بِتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ When his Lord tested him, how? By exposing him to different situations. He was tested through his father, through his family, through his son, through his wife. Different ways he was tested, right? So, test the orphans. And by the way, when do you test someone? When does the test come? After? The training. Correct? 
When does your juice test come? After you have done your lessons. So, وَبَتَلُوا الْيَتَامَ Test them means that train the orphan, the orphan children, the boy and the girl. Train each and every one of them as to how to deal with the financial responsibilities that have befallen them. Remember, that a child whose parents are alive, his situation is very different from a child whose father is not there. Okay? Because a child whose parents are alive, when he has to make a financial decision, he doesn't need to worry. His father will do everything for him. Will do the research for him. If he wants to buy a car, if he wants to buy a house even, whatever he will do, he will consult his father. And his father will help him, guide him. Right? This is what happens typically. Even if the son is fully independent, still the father is there to guide him. But an orphan child whose father is not there, he needs to be more aware. Because very soon he will be making all these big decisions himself. He will have no one to fall back on. Alright? So, in their childhood even, Allah says, train them and keep testing them to see if they are able to manage their money, the property that they have inherited. Alright? The property that they have inherited. So keep training them. The boy and the girl. The girl as well. Why? Because if she has inherited a part of a garden, she better know the value of it. She better know what has to be done in order to take care of it because very soon she will be managing it. Even if she gets married, it belongs to her. Right? She wants to sell it, it's hers. She better know what it's worth. Like for example, if there is a man who's got a business, a big business, and he's got a daughter, and he dies, who's inherited that whole thing? Most of that thing, it's the daughter. Yes, the other relatives will also have a share, but the daughter will have a big share of it. Right? Now, if the daughter has no idea about what accounting is and what a business is and what anything is, she better be trained. Because she will have to make very big decisions. Whether she wants to sell that business or she wants to make it grow. Because otherwise she will be cheated by others, right? So train the orphans. And train each in their own respective way. Like for example, if a girl is an orphan. She hasn't inherited much property. But eventually she's going to get married. Eventually she's going to have a family of her own. So she should be trained as to how to look after her family. Because, you know, typically these things, where do you learn them? In a normal family. But if that family is not there, then that girl should be taught how to do different things. So, وَبَتَنُوا الْيَتَامَ Train them, test them. حَتَّى أَنْتِلْ إِذَا بَلَغُوا النِّكَاحَ When they have reached a nikah. What is nikah? Marriage. Meaning the age of marriage. So keep training them until they have reached marriageable age. What is marriageable age? What is marriageable age? At what age is a person able to get married? Yes. When you reach puberty, not necessarily. Yes. I mean, can you imagine a boy at the age of puberty? I mean, you think he's ready to have a wife and kids? Seriously? Don't think so. Yes? 20? Some people are not ready to get married even at the age of 25. Yes? When a person is mature enough. Which is why Allah says, فَإِنْ أَنَسْتُمْ مِنْهُمْ رُشْدًا So if you perceive in them, أَنَسْتُمْ from Hamza Nunsin, uns, أَنَسَ is to perceive. 
So if you perceive, if you find in them rushdan, some sense, ability to decide, you know, to make sensible decisions. So they are mature enough to get married. They have some kind of sense to make the right kind of decisions. Okay, then you should give them their wealth. Now remember that marriageable age, it differs from culture to culture. It differs from family to family and it differs from individual to individual. Which is why you'll see that in this country, the age for marriage, that when a girl is legally allowed to get married, is different from the legal age of getting married in other countries. Isn't that so? Correct? It is now different compared to what it was before. Why? Times have changed, circumstances have changed, people have changed. In a particular family, a girl may be ready to be married at the age of 15. Really. And she'll be happier if she's married at that age. And in another family, another culture, another society, a girl is not ready to be married even at 25. Alright? So, it varies from place to place, culture to culture, individual to individual. So, فَإِنْ أَنَسْتُمْ مِنْهُمْ رُشْتًا If you find in them sense, then what should you do? فَدْفَعُوا إِلَيْهِمْ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فَدْفَعُوا دَالْفَعِينَ دَفَعَ دَفَعَ إِلَى is to hand over. So, hand over to them أَمْوَالَهُمْ their properties. Which properties? That they own, that they had inherited from their father. Because until that age, you were managing it. Because Allah says, don't give to the foolish their money. So you did not give to the orphan the right to manage his own money. You kept it for him, you managed it for him. But now he's become of marriageable age. He is mature enough. You've trained him well. So what should you do? Hand over his wealth to him. Hand over her wealth to her. Give her the rights. Give him the rights. Transfer the rights to them. فَدْفَعُوا إِلَيْهِمْ أَمْوَالَهُمْ But until that point that you hand over their wealth to them, Allah says, وَلَا تَأْكُلُوهَا Do not consume it. Consume what? The wealth of the orphan. إِسْرَافًا وَبِدَارًا إِسْرَافًا Extravagantly, excessively. بِدَارًا Quickly. إِسْرَاف More than the need. سِينْ رَافَا بِدَار بَادَ الْغَى Is to do something quickly before its due time. So for example, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, لَا تُبَادِرُونِي بِالرُّكُوعِ وَالسُّجُودِ Don't go ahead of me in rukur in sujood. Meaning only do rukur when I go. Only do sujood when I do it. Meaning follow the imam. Don't go ahead of him. So bidar is what? Quickly. To try to do something before it's due time. Okay? So don't consume the wealth of the orphan while it's with you, while you're in charge, excessively more than you need to. And be down quickly, that they will become big. So for example, the guardian, he's looking after the wealth of the orphan. And he says, you know what, this kid when he grows up, he's going to ask for his money, so I quickly use it, I should really quickly use it up. Or, israfan, excessively, more than the need. Because if a person is managing, looking after the property of the orphan, let's say he inherited a business from his father, and the guardian is looking after that business. Now, he is spending his time, his effort, he's compromising on his work to manage the property of the orphan. Does he not deserve a wage? Does he not deserve a wage? He does. Does he not deserve something from that property? You know, as a fee for looking after it? Yes. But if he says, since I am managing the property that 
values $10,000, I'm going to charge him $500 every month. So if he is charging him that much money, within a few years, what's going to happen? The money of the orphan will be finished. Do you see what I mean? He says, you know, he's inherited this house. I'm looking after it. I'm maintaining it. So I'm going to charge him $1,000 every month. And very soon, the house will belong to the guardian as opposed to the orphan. Because over a number of years, what property is the orphan going to be left with? So Allah says, don't charge more than you need and don't consume quickly. وَلَا تَأْكُلُوهَا إِسْرَافًا وَبِدَارًا أَنْ يَكْبَرُوا Out of this fear, they'll become big. Then Allah says, وَمَنْ كَانَ غَنِيًّا And whoever is rich, غَيْنُونِيَا He has enough. Meaning, whoever, guardian, a guardian, he has enough. He's rich. He's wealthy. فَلْيَسْتَعْفِفْ Then he should refrain. From عِنْ فَافَا عِفَّة To refrain from something. So he should refrain. Refrain from what? Keep away from what? Consuming the property of the orphan. Meaning, taking a wage for looking after it. Charging a fee for looking after it. He should stay away. Allah has given him plenty of wealth. So why does he want $200 from the property of the orphan every month? I mean, he makes $2,200. What are those $200 going to do to him? Not that much. So whoever has enough, he should refrain. وَمَنْ كَانَ فَقِيرًا And whoever is poor, he doesn't have money in the first place, he has very little. And on top of that, there's an orphan that he has to look after now. Then, فَلْيَأْكُلْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Then he should eat, meaning he should take بِالْمَعْرُوفِ moderately. What is ma'roof? Meaning he should charge a fees, a wage that is decent, that is acceptable. Alright? And ma'roof also means that he should take as a faqir takes, not as a rich man takes. That a person says, you know, I am a faqir, I don't have that much. Okay? And since this orphan has come under my care and he's brought all this money, and I'm looking after him, I'm looking after his property, so I'm going to take from him a lot. Every month I'm going to charge him a lot. And then, you know, every day he's eating new things and he's buying new clothes and he's going here and going there. He's living the life of a rich person, whereas in reality he was a poor person. So this is not ma'roof. Ma'roof is that you charge according to your standard, your financial position. فَإِذَا دَفَعْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ أَمْوَالَهُمْ Then when the time comes and you have handed over their wealth to them, فَأَشْهِدُوا عَلَيْهِمْ Then call witnesses over them. أَشْهِدُوا from إِشْهَاد to call witnesses. Meaning to ask someone to come and bear witness. That when you're handing over the property, then call people to witness that scene that this property has been given to the orphan. It has been handed over to him. Why call witnesses? So that later on there are no disputes. Later on there is no confusion. If the orphan comes and says later, that my uncle, you know, this property belonged to me and he never gave it to me, and the uncle actually did give it to him, the orphan is accusing him. People will think of the uncle as so evil. But if he had called witnesses at that time, those witnesses will come up and they will say, no, he did give him the property. So it's safer. So فَأَشْهِدُوا عَلَيْهِمْ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ حَسِيبًا And sufficient is Allah as accountant. Who is Hasib? One who takes Hisab. Hasin ba. And what does that mean? Account. And this is very relevant. This name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very relevant in this context. Because when a person is managing the property of someone else, he's managing a lot of accounts. Right? 
this much money is charged and this much fees and this much wage and this percent and that percent. Now, a person is calculating all of this. But at the same time, who is calculating the deeds of that individual? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is watching you. Because a lot of fraud happens, a lot of cheating happens, right, when it comes to calculations. For example, when it comes to calculating taxes, you know, people get away with the most ridiculous things, the most ridiculous ways. So a person should remember, Allah is going to call me to account. Allah knows. This orphan doesn't know, people don't know, but Allah knows. وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ حَسِيبًا Now in this ayah, what do we learn? We learn about the obligation of training and testing orphans, preparing them for life, teaching them life skills. And this is not just something that orphans need, but this is something that every child needs. Ladies, aunties, mothers who are here, train your children for life. Life is tough. It is not easy. And daughters, listen. Okay, those of you who are daughters, listen. When your mother is teaching you how to cook, how to clean, do it. When your mother is teaching you how to iron, how to do laundry, how to look after the house, do it. Because a time will come when you will have to do this yourself. And if you don't know how to do it now, you will cry then. But your tears won't help you. No one will have mercy on you. Your hunger pangs will drive you to cook something. And if you don't know how to cook, you're going to make yourself sick and you're going to make others sick. So please, life is difficult, train yourself. And this is true for girls as well as for boys. Living in this country, living in any country in fact, wherever you are, you have to be trained for life. Whatever responsibilities are coming over you. So much attention is given to school, career. Isn't that so? Why? Because this is how you're going to make money. But if you have a good degree, if you scored really well, and you get married and your husband says, I want food. And you say, look, I was an A student. I got distinction. I got this degree. That degree doesn't matter. He wants food. You need food. Your children will need food. So there are some things about life that cannot be ignored. So it is an obligation to train orphans, which means that it's an obligation to train children, prepare them for life, teach them life skills. It's very, very necessary. And this ayah also teaches us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's justice towards the orphan. That how just and merciful Allah is that He has laid the responsibility on the guardian that don't just... You know, let him live, the orphan. I mean, train him so that he can be a successful individual. He actually has a good chance of being successful in life. Because otherwise, he'll be a failure. So children need to be prepared in different ways for life. Not just their career, but also other aspects in life. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَا تُؤْتُوا السُّفَهَاءَ أَمْوَالَكُمُ الَّتِي جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ قِيَامًا وَارْزُقُوهُمْ فِيهَا وَارْزُقُوهُمْ فِيهَا وَاكْسُوهُمْ وَقُولُوا لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا 
وابتلوا اليتامى حتى إذا بلغوا النكاح فإن آنستم منهم رشدا فادفعوا فادفعوا إليهم أموالهم ولا تأكلوها إسرافا وبدارا أن يكبروا وَمَن كَانَ غَنِيًّا فَلْيَسْتَعْفِفْ وَمَن كَانَ فَقِيرًا فَلْيَأْكُلْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ فَإِذَا دَفَعْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فَأَشْهِدُوا عَلَيْهِمْ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ حَسِيبًا Yeah, if a woman says, my mahar is that you take me for hajj, you take me for umrah, and you say, okay, sure, that's fine. If a woman says, my mahar is that you let me complete my degree, and you also pay for it. <laughs> if he agrees, then okay. But if he doesn't, he says, no, I'll let you, I allow you, I'll support you, I'll drive you there, I'll watch the kids, but you have to pay for it yourself. Then, that's also Possible, because he's supporting her, he's allowing her, because if he wants, he can actually stop her, right? If there is a genuine reason. Anyway, anything else? Yes. Okay, so for example, the mahar was decided in U.S. dollars, right? That the husband says, I'll give you 10,000 U.S. dollars. Now, at that time, the value of the U.S. dollars was more. All right? And then he gives the mahar, in the form of, let's say, Canadian dollars later on. But there is a difference in the value. Alright? If she says, okay, no big deal, barely gonna be 10, 15, 20 dollars, really, who cares about it? I don't mind. That's okay. And if a person says, I'll give you jewelry that is worth 2,000 dollars, or 10,000 dollars. Okay? So that's also fine. Okay? But remember that the value and the kind, both should be known from before. Like the husband should not say, I'll give you $5,000 and later on he gives her an old used diamond ring that his mother used to wear. Oh, it's, it's worth $5,000. That's not what you told her. You told her you'll give her $5,000 and you're giving her an old used diamond ring. That's not fair. You give what you promised. Okay? Yes. Yeah, it can be a combination of tangible and intangible. Okay? It can be a combination of different kinds of tangible things. Alright? It can be in different forms. That's why it's a slave. Okay? They can buy their freedom. They can request for freedom. And if a slave wants to buy their freedom, then the master should cooperate. In the Quran we learn about that. That those who want their freedom, then give them, help them. Alright? Yes. One of the logics that was presented in class for a man to have multiple wives was that let's say that the wife cannot have children and the man wants children. So he says, okay, I'll marry another woman so that I can have children. Okay, But what if the man cannot have children and his wife wants children? So can she go and marry another man? But she likes the first one. Now, this is logic. We're using logic over here, right? Exact logic. 
Remember that in our deen, you use logic, but we are human beings, we're not machines. Alright? So along with logic, you have to use reason, and you also have to be practical. Okay? And we also have to remember that men and women are not identical. So what applies to a man does not apply to a woman. What applies to a woman does not apply to a man. This is something that we really need to understand. In our deen, women are acknowledged and treated as women, and men are acknowledged and treated as men. This is why the commands, the rulings, the allowances that are given to women are suitable for them. And the commands, the allowances that are given to men are suitable for them. Alright? For both genders, they're suitable. Now a person might say, you know, if a woman menstruates, so she doesn't pray for a whole week, now this is not fair for a man, he should also get a break. So if he's working full time, and he's really tired, and it's summer, and he's got five kids, and you know, he's got a whole lot of work to do, so can he just take a break of two days? Well, the woman is getting a break for seven days, can he get a break for two days? You're using logic here, but it's not the same. Do you see what I mean? You cannot treat men and women in the exact same manner. They are different. They are equal in the sense that, like we learned earlier, when it comes to the acceptance of acts of worship, when it comes to dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the dua of men and women regardless. Okay? When they perform acts of worship, Allah accepts their deeds regardless of their gender. Alright? But when it comes to the commands, the allowances, they are different that are suited to each gender. So, an allowance that is given to man is not given to a woman. An allowance that has been given to a woman is not given to the man. So, if a woman is given the allowance, okay, go ahead and marry another husband, because your first husband cannot have children. If she does that, she will be in trouble. She will be in difficulty. She is going to live a very hard and difficult life. You know, for a man, it is possible to maintain a relationship with multiple women. It is possible for him. Because of his body, the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made him. But for a woman, it is not possible to maintain multiple relationships at a time. It is not possible. It is humanly impossible for a woman. And she cannot be just and fair. And besides, the man is responsible for the woman. The woman is not responsible for the man. If you are getting a woman married to two husbands, then it's like she is responsible over them because she has to satisfy each of them. But she's not responsible. They are to be looking after her, not her looking after them. Alright? So remember this rule. Men and women are not identical. Yes. The master is responsible for that child. I do not know about that, that what's the status of the children. I'll have to look into that more. But the man is responsible for the children, even those that he has through slaves. Okay? No, they are his children. Okay? But I don't know about their social status. I'll have to look into that. I do not know. Yes? Sorry, I am not able to hear you. Yes? Go ahead. Okay. The question is that if a man promises to the woman that I will give you this much money as your mahal. And then he does not give it for several years. And it doesn't seem like he's going to give it. So first of all, remember that he is sinful. Alright? He is sinful for breaking his commitment, for breaking his promise. And like I mentioned earlier, when he dies, 
if he dies during her lifetime, then before his estate is distributed, first and foremost what will happen? Her mahar will be taken out and given to her. And then later on she will be given her share of inheritance. Now the other question is that over time the value will increase. Right? That at that time the value of $1,000 was different compared to the value of $1,000 now. Before you could get a lot through that money, but now you can get not the same. Right? But the thing is, as far as these things are concerned, like gold and silver and cash, they you cannot increase their value. Okay? You cannot increase their amount. Because this is just like a person may say, I'm giving a loan to someone, they're going to give it back to me within 10 years. But after 10 years, the value will be different. This is why I'm going to charge them. I gave them 10,000, but I want them to give me 1,200 back. Because 200, the value will increase over time. That 200 is what? Riba. It is riba. It is considered interest. So you cannot increase the amount, even though the value may have increased. All right? All right. Anything you'd like to share? The slaves are not accounted in the four wives. No, I mean, a person can't just go and make someone a slave. You can't do that. A slave will be there when slavery exists in a society. And it doesn't exist right now. At least that I know. I mean, here it doesn't exist. So you can't just say, that, okay, you know, I'll make you my slave. You can't do that. Yes. And go ahead. Of course. Adil includes many things. It includes, you know, financially maintaining justice. Likewise, the house, the accommodations that are provided. In the time that a person spends with the family, you know, with one wife and the other, the time should be equal to. And also remember that it should be in the love that a person shows. Heart you cannot control. Okay? Heart you cannot control. But even though you don't love someone like crazy... Can you not say good things to them? You can. Can you not show love to them through your gestures, through your talk, through your physical contact? You can. Right? Like the Prophet ﷺ, he loved Aisha the most. But it doesn't mean that he did not spend time with other wives. No, he did. He also looked after them. He also showed love to them. All right? If a husband has decides to get married to another woman and the wife is not happy with that decision, then can she walk out of that marriage? The thing is that don't just make decisions based on emotions. All right? Emotionally, yeah, you can't even accept another wife. You cannot even think about having a co-wife. Your husband spending time with another person, the thought just disgusts you. Like You really can't accept it. But be a little logical here. Walking away from that marriage, will life be easier and better then compared to living like this? No. If you don't have him 100%, at least you have him 50% now. Later on, if you leave him, you won't have him at all. And your children, they need the father. Right? And in some ways you feel that you may not need him, but in other ways you do need him. Okay? Yes. He doesn't need to take permission. Because if he were to take permission and the wife did not allow, which would be the case in the majority of the situations, then what would happen? The first wife would be divorced or she would be killed. Or And this happens, by the way. There are countries where the law is that before the husband marries the second wife, he has to take permission from the first. She's not allowing. He will go and kill her. He will have her killed. He will divorce her. 
and women suffer at the end. So Islamically, he doesn't need to take permission, but definitely he should tell her, he should make her willing to accept it somehow, uh, he should acknowledge her feelings, he should look after her well-being too, be compassionate towards her, being understanding towards her, because many times it happens that men go ahead and marry a second wife and the first one has no idea. Yes, it happens. It's not a sin, first of all, that he's committing. So it should not be considered like a sin. And we also, please, let's not get shocked when we find out that so-and-so has a second wife. Accept it already. Allah says it in the Qur'an. No matter how shocking and weird it is, it's a reality. So stop looking at it as a sin. It's not a sin. And realize that there was a reason why the person did it. It's his personal life. It's his decision. You don't need to interfere and say, but how does he manage both of them and how can he be fair with them? You don't need to interfere in their personal life. And by the way, if they're happy, who are you? The Prophet ﷺ married so many wives and people say, you know, this is something that I don't understand. Why did he have nine wives? Really, if you think about it, if the Prophet ﷺ was happy, if his wives were happy, who are you to object? Really, what problem do you have? If Aisha did not have a problem, and you're having a problem, doesn't make any difference. Okay? So let's accept it. This is a part of our deen. This is an allowance that has been given. And if people are unjust because of this allowance, that's again their problem. It doesn't mean that the law is wrong. The people are wrong. Just like you don't judge Islam by the actions of Muslims, you don't judge having multiple wives by the action of Certain individuals. Yes. Okay, that if a woman is making the money, does she become the leader? Does she become the in charge as opposed to the husband? Okay, when we think about a dominant husband and a submissive wife, we think about a man sitting on a couch and ordering his wife, get me this, get me that, and the wife is serving him here, master, here, master, here. This is not what it means. Inshallah, later on we will learn about the role of men and the role of women in marriage. Okay, we will learn about it. What this means is that when there are two people, okay, who are living together, one has to be the leader, meaning one has to be the one who's making the final decision. Okay, it doesn't mean that he completely disregards the other, he will consult them, but the final decision is left to him. Why? So that there can be some kind of decisiveness, you know, so that everybody's on the same page. If you have a car that is being driven by two drivers, I'm sorry, there are going to be too many accidents. Too many accidents. Isn't that so? You can't have two drivers. There has to be one driver. You may have a GPS to guide you, to help you. You may have someone telling you, drive like this, go like here, do like this. But it doesn't mean that they have the controls just like you have the controls. Because if that's going to happen, you're not going to get anywhere. This is a different topic which we will learn very, very soon in Surah An-Nisa. So let's keep it for that time. Your questions will be solved, will be answered as we study these verses. Inshallah. If there's any question that is not answered, please go to my Al-Huda and send me the question. Okay? And I will try to answer that question within tafsir so that everyone can benefit. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.